0: Hi, this is Angie Meadows. And
1: this is Josh Bond.
0: And this is The Rocket Recovery. And today we are going to do the back of the detachment book. We're going to do Bible studies. So, Josh, if you're not studying God's Word, it's going to be very difficult for you to grow, very difficult for you to know who your God is, and very difficult for you to get out of old patterns. So, I just want to talk to you for a minute. Um, If I don't praise God, when I'm disappointed, when uh, bad things have happened that I think are bad, uh, the enemy's gonna get an inch. He's gonna get a foothold. He's gonna get a claw stuck in me. And if I don't taste and see that the Lord is good, tasting is experience, seeing is my perception. But if I'm tasting it thinking that's better, and not understanding that God's ways is higher than my ways, his thoughts are higher than my thoughts, how could I know them? I need to believe. My job is to believe. But if my experience is the opposite, then I don't believe. No. And then, I, and then I, I might get hurt and I might get wounded and I might think God is against me and I might think he's judging me and he's holding me down and He's I'm in the way and he don't want to see me and he don't want – but if I know my God. If I know He's my everlasting Father, He's my Prince of Peace, He's my Gate, He's my Shepherd, He's my Door, He's my Redeemer, He's the Bright and Morning Star, He's my Refuge, He's my High Tower, He's my Strength, He's my Courage, He's my Hope, He's He's Love, He is Joy. If I know who He is, then I know that my circumstance is not speaking to Him. But if I go above the circumstance with praise, now he can be the redeemer. He can take that circumstance and he can redeem it. So if I'm praying healing over my loved one and they're not healed, I can still stand there and praise God that he is the god of healing. And even though they may not be physically healed, even though I may not see it now, I'm going to see it. I'm going to see God's work, and I'm not going to land in unbelief. But if I'm wallowing in self-pity, if I'm stuck in my circumstance, I I'm, I'm going to land in unbelief and then I'm going to roll right back around there in about 3 weeks.
1: I agree. I see one of my little concepts I've tell people is like if I if I always had good, I'd never learn. Like mm-hmm. so, mm-hmm. if I touched the fire and it was cool, I would never learn that I could get burned. So I have to. I have to see, and everything is a lesson. If I have a bad part of my life, I see this God just teaching me. Even if something goes wrong, I never see bad anymore. I try not to ever see bad. Yeah, it comes apart, and I get stressed, like losing a key. <laughs> but then I think, man, maybe He has to teach me patience. You know what I mean? There you go. So yeah, I have to praise Him at all times, through the rough, through the the smooth. You know what I mean? I agree completely. So
0: how will you know he's a prayer answering God if you don't pray and he doesn't answer? you won't if you just assume that he doesn't care he won't. so you don't even pray you just get anxious but yeah. instead if you start trusting in him in those little things so if i'm grieving i can know my comforter but if i sit with my grief and embrace my g- grief and make grief my god now i've gone into unbelief i've gone into self pity i've real. gone into confusion yes. so i don't want you to rehearse your wound now this is for somebody out there cuz this is not our lesson. <laughs> Stop rehearsing your wound and start rehearsing who God is. He is your strength. He is your redeemer. He's the restorer. He's he's the one that's going to put you back together. Um That's a fact. Yeah. He's going to be that rock. <laughs> He's gonna be that comforter. He's gonna be all that you need when you know that he's all that you need. So today we're gonna to look at treasures. We're gonna look at the treasures in God's word and the treasures that he has for us. So read number one, Josh.
1: Proverbs 16 8. What is righteous? Would it be okay to do wrong if you will get wealth, financial gain for it?
0: Hmm. Psalm 168. I keep my eyes always on the Lord with him at my right hand i will not be shaken
1: righteous is doing right a righteous person would not compromise their standards but would act in a way to show love and obedience to god
0: now i just taught the little ones shadrach meshach and Abednego from the book of daniel and how they stood uh, and would not bow to nebuchadnezzar's 90-foot statue and they said you know our god is able to deliver us but if he doesn't it's, it's all right we're gonna praise him anyway and and that you know i know i was teaching elementary school kids but that was preaching to me all right lord it may not go my way i may be get throw it into fire they may heat it up seven times it may burn everybody else that's trying to throw me in there i may be really afraid but i will not bow i will not bow to self-pity i will not bow to anxiety i will not bow to depression i will not bow to a bully <laughs> that's well, what will you not bow to
1: yeah, I won't bow to any of it. I got a God that <laughs> yeah. is over all that. He's so, a superhero. So
0: and, stop a yeah. bowing to the to the thought that you need drugs, Yes, that you need alcohol right. to cope with your day. Instead, I want you to bow to the righteousness of God, to know that you know that you know that He's got a purpose and a plan here and that this is going to be okay. He's going to deliver you. He's going to bring about an uh, uh, expected end in your life. He didn't mean this for evil. He meant it for good. Proverbs sixteen sixteen number two, Josh.
1: What is better than gold? What is better than silver?
0: How much better to get wisdom than gold? To get insight rather than silver. So how what's better than gold? Wisdom. What's better than silver? Understanding. <laughs> so here. Um I, I need to take every circumstance and ask God for wisdom and understanding. And once I get wisdom and understanding, Josh, now I can have compassion for the next person behind me that's suffering in the way that I was. I'm not judging them anymore. My heart's open and having compassion for them, and I'm able to go to them and say, "This is how God comforted me." So number three, Proverbs 17:1.
1: Compare the difference between a quiet or a strifeful home
0: better a dry crust with peace than a quiet and quiet than a house full of feasting and strife and so it's really interesting josh but the lord says to me be quiet (laughs) i went to church service one time and i was just ripping the praises i was like okay all right, I know this is happening. I know they've only given my husband six months to live. Now this was like twenty some years ago, and and I know this has happened and that's happened. And I know my my back injury and my son's you know on drugs and you know all these things were happening. So I was going to go and I was going to praise the Lord. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I had a lady come up to me and she says, "Honey, I don't know where you're at, but the Lord says for you to be quiet." <laughs> well, you know I, I was quiet for a whole good minute, you know, mm-hmm. and then started praising the Lord again. I was just ripping with praise yeah. and being really loud. And they called us all up to the altar. I mean, there was two, three hundred people at that altar. And here comes a man, and he says, Honey, I don't know where you're at, but God says for you to be quiet. Really? (laughs) I went home, and I studied quiet, be still, all through the entire Bible. And I realized that what the Lord was saying was for me to stop my anxiety. to stop wrestling with the circumstance and do a true praise, because I wasn't truly praising Him and saying, okay, Lord, I'm going to praise You until I land in a place of peace. Mm -hmm. I was obsessing and praising Him to manipulate Him, to move Him to do something for the circumstance instead of do something in me. So in other words, I have to let go of the outcomes. I have to let go of life or death or blessings or cursings or light or whatever it is that I think I wanted. Um, And, and, you know, if I go bankrupt, if if I lose everything, if I lose, I have to still praise God for the sake of praising God, not for the sake of moving circumstances. And then when he moves circumstances, it's because it was time. And sometimes he's waiting on me. To really find that depth of praise so that he can move with his hand. Does that make sense? So that I'm, he's not the genie in the bottle, but he's really the God in heaven. Bondsman, salesman, and I'm really surrendering to him. Now, I think I did not get this scripture put in here. I was rushing this morning. See,
1: I see uh, it as like the also a sense of when we talk about peace and like where it says right there, like the difference between rich and wealth. Rich Mm. is just a bunch of money. Chaos. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because you know everybody wanted wealth is not worry at Mm -hmm. peace. So you know what I mean. Who wants to be rich and be chaotic and nobody? Well, I mean (laughs) I'm sure a lot of people, but I'd rather be wealthy.
0: It's a lot of suffering. You much rather have peace. Yeah. Okay. So Ecclesiastes five ten.
1: What is the problem in this verse?
0: Okay. Whoever loves money never has enough. enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with their income. This, too, is meaningless, meaningless. and that's what Solomon says in Ecclesiastes. So what is the problem in this verse?
1: People with the love of money only want more money. They are never satisfied. Problems with money, too many things to worry you, and it robs you of your sleep.
0: So okay, money just makes me want money when I'm serving money. But when I'm serving God, I can have a little money or a lot of money, and it's okay. Yeah. All right, so number five, Ecclesiastes 5.15, what's the question?
1: Did a man bring riches when he was born? Can he take it with him when he dies?
0: (laughs) Everyone comes naked from their mother's womb, and as everyone comes, so they depart. They take nothing from their toil that they can carry in their hands. So did a man bring riches when he was born? No. Can he take it with him when he dies? No. (laughs) No. So don't worship it. Don't idolize it. Don't worry about holding on to it really release it into the hands of the Lord that he can do something good with it. So Ecclesiastes 5:19.
1: What attitude should we have about money?
0: All right, so the verse says moreover, when God gives someone wealth and possessions and the ability to enjoy them, to accept their lot and be happy in their toil, this is a gift from God. So there are poor people that are very happy, that mm-hmm. love each other, that enjoy their life. And and they they accept where they're at in life and they make the best of it. And God always provides for them. They pray, God provides, they pray, God provides. And then there are very, very wealthy people who don't have that joy. They can't enjoy what they do have.
1: Yeah. Being so rich you don't enjoy a dog, mm. I heard. Before.
0: <laughs> yeah. And that's being
1: that's bad. That's you know what bad. I mean? yeah. The Lord gives us money as a gift to enjoy our lives with as much or as little as He has given us.
0: Yeah, so so money's a gift, but it's not it can't be an idol, it can't be elevated to where all you're thinking about, all you're talking about is, oh, I need more money, I need more money. Because money just drives you to want more money. Yeah. So what you want is to focus on the Lord to where you just want more of the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> and then the money will be there or it won't. And God will lead you and guide you. He'll shut one door, He'll open another. And you'll know that sometimes He drives up the brook so that He can move you to another place and it's okay, you're just still going to be trusting Him. So number seven, Matthew 6.
1: 19. What is this instruction in this verse? Why not?
0: Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. So, what are the instructions?
1: Lay not up treasures on earth because moth and rust destroy it and thieves steal it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, thieves are going to steal it. So, that's why I don't want to lay up my treasures here. So, I would think heavenly treasures would be like uh, love. And like joy and like praises and like, uh, Lord, I give you my life. Uh, I transform myself, I become a living sacrifice. I'm just passing through here. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not holding tightly to possessions. I'm free to move them on when I have no more need for them. I don't need to stack them in the basement for 50 years for my kids to to uh, you know pay for dumpsters to get rid of them. I can move them on. Mm-hmm. I can say, Lord, I have no more need of this. Where, where would you like for it to go? And when I do that, Josh, they will be Somebody standing in front of me within a week that says, hey, you know, I'm really in need of. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, I've got it. (laughs) I'm like, I got everything. Just let me know what you need. (laughs) So Matthew 620.
1: But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moss and vermin Mm. do not destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. So
0: where's my treasures to be? In heaven. In heaven. (laughs) Yes. Keep them in heaven. Matthew 621.
1: Where is your heart? Are you chasing houses, cars, jobs, or after the things of God?
0: For where your treasure is, there your heart would be also.
1: Chase after God and you will find love, joy, peace, patience, faithfulness, goodness, kindness, gentleness, and self-control. Galatians 5, 23. This is an intentional pursuit.
0: Yeah, so if I want love and joy and peace in my life, I've got to pursue it. If I want patience and kindness and faithfulness, i got to pursue that. If I want gentleness, if I want to have a gentle demeanor, I've got to practice it. I've got to go back and repent. I got. Re- I even repent to my dog. I'm <laughs> sorry, I was fussy. You know, they mm-hmm. get up underneath my feet, and so I have learned to be very gentle with them. To put my foot right up underneath their bellies and push them, <laughs> but not to be fussy with them anymore, because no. <laughs> I just have to go back and repent to them dogs. <laughs> Number ten, Matthew six twenty-four.
1: Who is your master?
0: No one can serve two masters either you will hate the one and love the other or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other you cannot serve both god and money so whatever i think of the most that doesn't line up with my purpose in life is my master Mm -hmm. so sometimes we get stuck on a loop and our brain swells and our master is fixing something, fixing someone, (laughs) fixing a circumstance, fixing a person, uh, having someone's attention or their love, and we're obsessing over things that um, are opposite of where God wants us. And our brains swell, and now we're stuck. (laughs) So you're stuck in that sympathetic fight or flight, you know, fear, freezing. like a brain pattern and so what you have to do is you really have to sit and you have to meditate on the word of the lord and you have to speak it to yourself over and over again i'm going to delight myself in you i'm going to what would that look like lord I'm going to, and as i do that josh as i meditate on the love of god on the joy of the lord he opens up to me more understanding of His love, of His joy, of His peace. But if I meditate on my circumstances, if I meditate on my problems, I, my brain's going to swell, I'm going to be stuck in a loop, and I can be there six months from now yeah. <laughs> still racing around that block thinking, now how can I fix this person? <laughs> and it doesn't work. I'm just suffering, and they're suffering. So number 11, 1 Corinthians two nine.
1: What kind of things does the Lord have stored up for us?
0: 1 Corinthians two nine, however, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him.
1: The Lord has stored up unimaginable treasures for us.
0: Unimaginable treasures.
1: You know, I think the the thing about the the being rich and stuff is that if you're truly keep God as your foundation and you are you're willing to put in the work, he'll throw riches at you anyway. Yes. Like, I'm proof of it. I'm too dumb to – without God, I'd be homeless. With God, I'm very comfortable. You know what I mean?
0: Yes. Uh Um, And and I think that whether you're – in a palace or yes. in a tent, you're yes. content.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm a- talking about. And you've like, got
0: the heart and the love of God, and you don't need nothing yes. else. Yes,
1: it's rich. Then. And then
0: you're rich. Yes. So that richness, what you're saying, is your peace and your contentment. Yes, yes. <laughs> That's precious. Yeah. Okay, so number 12, Psalms 119, 9 through 11.
1: What treasure is a young person to hide in their heart?
0: How can a young person stay on the path of purity? By living according to your word. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. So, what's that treasure?
1: God's word. (laughs) This treasure can never be stolen from you. It will never rot or have rust or moths eat it, and it will guide you all your life. And there's a verse that That's says,
0: that. Yeah, there's a verse that says it will guide you as you sleep, it will direct you as you awake. Amen. So let's look at 1 Kings 3 5 through 9. What's the question?
1: What was Solomon's request?
0: At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon during the night in a dream, and God said, Ask for whatever you want to me to give you? And Solomon answered, You have shown great kindness to your servant, my father David, because he was faithful to you and righteous and upright in his heart. You have continued this great kindness to me, and have given him a son to sit on his throne this very day. Now, Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David, but I am only a little child. And I do not know how to carry out my duties. Your servant is here among the people you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to count or number. So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and distinguish between right and wrong. For who is able to govern this great people of yours?
1: Solomon requested an understanding heart. And to be able to judge between the good and the bad.
0: I think when we have great riches, we can understand the difference between good and evil. We can have that understanding heart. We can know where to put up our boundaries, where to invest in and where to back up from. Mm -hmm. So number 14, 1 Kings 3.10, what was Solomon's request? Was it pleasing to the Lord?
1: The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for this.
0: Yeah, he asked for understanding, and the Lord was very, very pleased. So what kind of heart did God give Solomon?
1: I will do what you have asked. I will give you a wise and discerning heart, so that there will never be, never have been anyone like you, nor will there ever be. Moreover, I will give you what you have not asked for, both wealth and honor, so that your lifetime you will have no equal among kings. Hmm.
0: So God gave Solomon a wise and understanding heart and added riches and and honor. So there's a story where Solomon, two women come, and they had been housing together, and one of them had rolled over on her baby and suffocated at night. So she gets up in the middle of the night, and their babies are about the same age, and she puts her dead baby next to the other mama, and she takes the living baby. Well, they go before the king, and, and they're both fighting. That baby's mine. No, that baby's mine. That baby's mine. No, the dead baby was hers. And Solomon's like, Lord, how am I going to judge? I'm supposed to be wise and understanding, how am I going to judge? And he sat there for a moment and he looks at his soldier and he said, bring me a sword. And he picks the baby up, I can just see him now in my mind's eye, He doesn't always say this so I'm taking some liberties, but he picks the baby up by the ankle and he says, give me the sword and cut that baby in half. And the mama that was the true mama said, oh, oh, give the baby to her. The mama that wasn't the mama said, okay cut it in half. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And Solomon knew exactly who that mama was because he knew the mama's love was going to be so deep that she was going to sacrifice what she wanted for that baby's life, no matter what it cost her. So when your love is so deep, you will sacrifice what you love the most to be able to save it, even if it means you don't have it. Does it make sense? Yeah. <laughs> so that wise and understanding heart is where we want to ask what well, treasure we want to ask the Lord for. So in 1 Kings 3:14, what's the question?
1: What was the condition Solomon had to meet to also receive length of days?
0: And if you walk in obedience to me and keep my decrees and commands as your father David did, I will give you a long life.
1: Solomon was instructed to walk in God's way, keep God's statutes and commandments.
0: Yeah, so there is a commandment, or a principle, a precept, a statute for every single solitary issue in life, and I don't even know exactly what all those words mean. I just know that after reading the Bible over and over and over again, after teaching it to children for years and years, decades, that now I can ask the Lord, "Show me in Your Word, Lord, show me in Your Word what the answer is to this," and I will get a um, story. From the Bible that will show me exactly the same picture of what's going on in my life and the answer. And I'm I'm always amazed at how the Lord would bring his word back to give me wisdom. So first Kings three, fifteen, number seventeen, read the question.
1: What was Solomon's first response when he awoke from his dream?
0: Then Solomon awoke and he realized it had been a dream. And he returned to Jerusalem, stood before the ark of the Lord's covenant, and sacrificed burnt offerings and fellowship offerings. And then he gave a feast for all the court.
1: Solomon's first response was to go and worship God.
0: I think as we worship God, whether with little or with much, with being childlike and feeling like we're unworthy and we're too small to answer the call. Uh, for having these, these great people to try to figure out how to govern. I just think if we just go and worship God, it's all going to become clear. And there is so much weight on some of us that there's no way we can carry it. We have to just take it to the altar and say, Lord, show me. Lord, teach me. Lord, train me. And yield to Him and yield to Him and yield to Him. So let's look at the memory verses.
1: Write out your memory verse, Proverbs sixteen sixteen. Be a little with the the fear of the lord than great wealth with turmoil.
0: Yeah, so it's better ever. to have okay. the fear of the lord than what uh, than great wealth with turmoil. So if I have the fear of the lord, which the fear of the lord is the beginning of wisdom and that just means a reverence and an awe and an honor of the lord, I'm going to be better than having great wealth. So I want to make sure that I want to please God, that that's where my heart lands. And not wanting to please man, because being a, a person that wants to be a pleaser, it says that that's a snare which means it's a trap. So if I'm always caught in a triangulation, in some sort of trap, if I'm using a situation and causing chaos so that I can turn it to my good, I'm in a trap, and I just need to have the fear of the Lord. Okay, what would it look like if I just praised God in this mess, and and took responsibility for what I did, and straightened myself up, and cleaned up my side of the street. So let's look at the next memory verse.
1: Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth. Where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be.
0: So, Josh, what I used to do, and I need to get back to this. Sometimes I'm a little scattered, but I used to write out verses, and I used to carry them with me all day long, and I would say them all day to recenter my focus on the Lord. And when I didn't, I ended up in anxiety, but when I did, man, I was in a really peaceful place. But it helps to say it to myself, to hear a read to me. It helps to write it. It helps to draw pictures of it, to draw a little storehouse, to draw a little pile of gold, to draw the earth, uh, to draw a moth, uh, to draw something rusty, and then just look at it and mm-hmm. keep quoting it to myself. And as I do that, I realize that 20 years later, I still got that thing. It's still in my heart. <laughs> so I think it's extremely important that if God gives you a word, um, like treasure like a snare, like be still, be quiet, that you take that word and you look up 20, 40, 50, 60, 100 verses on it. Mm. What does God say about being still? What does He say about being quiet? What's the blessings? What's the instructions? What's the warnings? What's He trying to teach me? And as I do, I've got this understanding and this wisdom that I would have never had without the Word of God.
1: That's real. Yeah, that's yeah, real. Is.
0: So that's the reason there's Bible studies at the end of these last couple of books because I think you're big enough now to do some yeah. Bible studies. <laughs> and without these Bible studies, Josh, I'm going to be stuck in my circumstances and I'm not going to be growing. Yeah. But if I'm sitting quietly and my focus is on the Word of the Lord, I can tune out that news. I can tune out that chaos and I get really uh, – I get a bubble of the Holy Spirit around me that kind of bounces things off of me. So I've had people tell me you're you're a little too detached, you know. And I'm like, no, no, I I feel it. I I grieve, I mourn, but it don't stick to me. Mm-hmm. Now when it does stick to me, I've got to get in the word yeah. And when I get in a word, I'm able to immediately realize that, okay, I, I could cry for a month, but yeah. it's not going to fix it, change it, or manage it, and it, and, it, and there's nothing I can do about it. Acceptance is the key to well, if we, overcoming.
1: if we let things stick to us, we let other people's problems become ours. You know what I mean? Too much. Like, if somebody talks about me, about their opinion of me, it will hurt to the point where I'll get anxiety about it.
0: I, well, and it can make you stumble. Yeah. Because yeah, your right. focus has shifted. Yeah. And, and you know what? I don't think the enemy cares what battle I have as long as I'm not in the battle yeah. for other souls, as long as I'm not being effective for the kingdom. I mean, he could, he could, you know, condemn me over smoking cigarettes or yeah, something like real. that and just say, you can't go to church because of this. Yeah. He could condemn me over an abortion that, yeah. that I had 10 years ago Whisper or 20 years ago. He could say, you're never going God's never going to, you know. So if you've had an abortion, if you've had, uh, some horrible trial in your life if you've done things that you can't even speak about they were so horrible because you were in a circumstance that you just couldn't see your way out of it you know what I want you to lay that on the altar because yeah. <laughs> God promises beauty for ashes he says I can take all your ashes and give you something beautiful and I can give you a garment of praise for all that heaviness so this is Angie Meadows
1: and this is Josh Bond.
0: and we love you
1: Look.